they're either knocking on the door of retirement by the time they see us or already in retirement. And they're saying, you know, I've been taking all this unnecessary risk. I've been paying all these extra taxes. Why wasn't, didn't someone show me there's a better way? You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, that's our sweet spot in retirement planning. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Back for more here with another round of the Retirement Success Blueprint podcast with Michael Stewart and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. We're going to talk about getting older. Uh, and that whole age and wisdom thing and see how that plays out on this podcast and uh, get into all that good conversation, see if we're actually getting any wiser as we get older. Hopefully we are. But uh, Michael, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well. It's my birthday month, so I'm excited about it. You and me both. I know, right? <laughs> so we were talking about that not too long ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be, uh, never mind. <laughs> I'll be, never mind what age it is. No, I'm hitting 50. So we've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm hitting that mark where you know, I think a lot of us start turning our attention, right, to um, you know, our financial retirement future. And this is when a lot of people start to get more serious, I guess. Is that a fair statement? Uh, it is. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be 51 at the end of the month. And yeah, it, it is. Not only the conversations that I have with clients, mm-hmm. but, you know, we see that even in our own household. You know, Karen's 51. I'm turning 51. So it's just, you know, our focus is almost and one that we're going to cover about that at one point in the show here is, you know, where's your focus as you age? Because you know, yeah. there's a little shifts mentally and financially that you yeah. make as time goes on. Absolutely. So that'll be appropriate uh, for our conversation since we're uh, both doing this. That Actually, this is going, this one's going to drop actually, I think on my birthday. Uh, so I think when we, when we drop this podcast, we're taping it a little bit ahead of that. We typically do. So uh, happy birthday to you, my friend. And to you as well. Uh, and we'll both be the same age for about two weeks. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, listen, let's get into some topics and talk about some things. Uh, where I think we're far enough removed from it, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that we could say that the, I guess, and I guess they're even saying this, that the official coronavirus recession really only lasted like two months, right? Uh, it feels very weird because of all the prolonged effects because the economy, technically, I guess, Mike, was finished contracting by April of 2020. Uh, and, you know, I guess that depending on any kind of metric you want to use, you can make it just do about anything you want. But it started expanding from there. Would you have ever imagined that would have been the case, you know, in the middle of that? I mean, it was still pretty wild to think about. It, it is. And this is some of the issues that I have with the way that the government reports things, you know, kind of through the rearview mirror is that, you know, when they report, you know, and, and first and foremost, the reason why it was such a sharp contraction, but also such a sharp rebound, especially as the economy and the markets go is, because basically the government just turned the propeller off, right? So the plane took a dive and that's that's what they did when they kind of shut everything down. Uh, and that's also you know why things have bounced back so quickly. It wasn't just the normal business cycle, like a normal recession, normal bear market, you know, because typically that takes three to five years to kind of get on the other side of. But as it relates to here specifically, the problem that I have with the reporting on it is that the, the, in order to say we were in a recession, they need two quarters to go by and then they look back and say, oh, yeah, things dipped, which you already knew going through it, you know, that, but they don't officially declare until two more quarters later that you are actually in a recession. Well, by the time they say you're in a recession, 
as pointed out here, is you're already almost out, if not already out of that recession. So the headline doesn't really help you. How about tell me when we're getting close to a recession so I can make some changes instead of after the fact, because that doesn't really help anybody. You know, but it's just the way that the government and economists kind of dictate, you know, are you in or out of recession? So a good example is, you know, we were out of the, you know, the bear market recession in of 0809. You know, we were out of it well into early 09, but they didn't report it until the end of 09, 2010. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I love that saying. There's an old one where he says you can take, uh, well, theoretical physics says that uh, an elephant can hang off the side of a cliff by using its tail tied to a daisy. But, you know, your, your mind and, and, and your basic knowledge says that's not possible. You know, so you can make the numbers kind of do whatever you want sometimes to your point of uh, how the government kind of words things. So. We're still seeing all this kind of, you know, these restaurants still struggling and products still struggling. So it feels very weird to say that it only technically lasted a couple of months whenever here we're a year plus removed and, and people are still feeling the pinch. So uh, certainly makes you wonder and makes you scratch your head a little bit. But anyway, let's talk about this age and uh, wisdom thing, because that kind of factors into really what's been happening, too. I think depending on what age you are going through this pandemic and I think your approach to things probably played out a lot differently as well. And it's going to do that when it comes to financial planning. So what's the saying, Mike? Uh, age is the price of wisdom, I think. I yeah, think, I've heard that before. I think that was the classic one there. So let's get into it a bit. How do you see your clients changing their perspectives, uh, be it about money, wealth, finance, whatever you want to kind of word it as, as they've gotten older? I'm sure that you've got some folks that you've been kind of moving through this process as well, just like ourselves. Yeah. It, well, what happens is as they start, and we'll, we'll use retirement as a, as, you know, as sort of an arbitrary age or something. So as they're getting, say, within 10 years or less of retirement or actually knocking on the door of retirement, all of a sudden, the conversations that we're having, especially in the investing side and the financial planning side, is that it's no longer necessarily about accumulation. It's not about getting more and more and more. It's about wanting income. You know, How am I going to pay my bills when the paycheck stops for the next 20, 30 years? And making an impact on those dollars that they have. You know, That they understand that they've accumulated most of the assets they're probably going to have that has to last them for the rest of their life. And now they want to say, as, as we had talked about prior, is now they want to say is, okay, how do I get income off of this in retirement? How do I protect what I have so it can't fall off the table if the market drops? And at the same time, if there is something else I can do, maybe I want to share some of that with my family while I'm alive, rather than, hey, if I pass at 90, I could leave it to my kids, but my kids are 70 at that time. Okay. All right. So is there anything that you consistently hear people say that they wish they had known earlier? I always like asking this question because it's interesting. We all do it in life, right? It's like, oh, I you know, wish I would have known about this sooner or that sooner. I would have started that years ago, whatever the case might be. Do you get that as well? I, I do. And depending on if it's an existing client or a prospective client. So for existing clients, they, they wish they knew about compounding, you know, about, you know, that in the rule of 72, which is, you know, if you saved, you know, $10,000 and say you're 25, you save $10,000 when you were 25, put it in the market, you know, being aggressive, maybe you average around 10%. That means that that's going to double every seven years. So when you're 32, you got 20,000. When you're 39, you've got 40,000. When you're 46, you got 80,000. When you're 55, you got 160,000. And then now when you're getting close to retirement around 62 or so, you've got 320,000. All from that original 
$10,000 investment. That's how time helps you. Compounding right. helps you. You know, where somebody comes in, you know, life happened along the way. They come see me at 50, 55. They haven't really started saving. There's no way they have enough time to make up for it. Now we'll do the best we can and get them on track. But, you know, that's where, you know, existing clients say, hey, if there's something I wish I knew about, I wish somebody would have pulled me aside. I wish school would have taught me about the rule of 72 and compounding because that would have motivated me to maybe to save a little bit more earlier so you don't have to save as much later. Now, for prospective clients, individuals that haven't kind of gone through our retirement success blueprint process, it's I wish somebody would have showed me about investing for income earlier. Because all what they do is, you know, they're either knocking on the door of retirement by the time they see us or already in retirement. And they're saying, you know, I've been taking all this unnecessary risk. I've been paying all these extra taxes. Why wasn't, didn't someone show me there's a better way? You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, that's our sweet spot in retirement planning. Yeah. You know, and we all do it and it doesn't make anything that you've necessarily done something wrong, but it's like, if you know that you're going to have this kind of response or you kind of feel like, well, I, I've been putting this off, I should do it. Well, then stop putting it off, right? <laughs> Don't keep doing it because you're just going to compound that situation. And hopefully that's where that wisdom thing comes in as we get older. Any kind of like things that, uh, I guess maybe changing opinions, Mike, anything that sticks out, like maybe financial legacy, for example. I know we talked about it on the prior podcast and we come back around to this a lot, but it's one of those things where you do to leave money to the kids or to not leave money to the kids kind of thing. Have you seen, do you see that changing in people? Because I feel like I've noticed over the last several years that folks are more about maybe sharing the money now and doing experiences together versus maybe what it was when we used to think about retirement, let's say in the 80s, where it was we pass away, we leave a big check or something. No, absolutely. As yes, what I've seen, I've been doing this for over 20 years. And, you know, the first 10 years or so of being a financial planner, and we would talk about legacy and that it would be clients living on a little bit less so that they could preserve more for their kids and their grandkids, just because they wanted them to have a better kind of, you know, next start in, in there. And I would say in the last 10 years or so, you know, because now that we've gone through two bear markets in the last 20 years, and there's been a lot of different perspective and, and the clients are a little bit older now, mm-hmm. is that it's a combination of one, one, wanting to enjoy it for themselves in their go-go years, you know, why they have their health and they can travel and they do those things. So they want to utilize those assets rather than just kind of, you know, put them in a sack in a closet or something. And on the second side of it, you're right. They want to make sure that, you know, especially when they have the required minimum distributions or they have, they can generate more income than they need off their portfolio. They want to begin to share that and see their kids, their grandkids. They want to help the organizations that they are important to them. Because what they want to do is see the benefit while they're alive. Yeah. You know, it's not that they don't want to leave a big check later too. It just means that you know they might as well enjoy it now. So we build that into the plan as well. Yeah, and again, no right or wrong answers to any of this. It's personal choice. Uh, but I think we just have seen a bit more of that shift. I think societally, and then of course, as we're aging in general, we just kind of start to feel a little bit differently about it. My wife, just as an example, you know, several years ago was more like, you know, let's make sure we're doing things so that when we get to that point, you know, and we're still many years away, we can leave something nice for our daughter. But now that our daughter is starting to be really successful in her own life, she's lately been like, hey, let's spend more, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> you kind of see that stuff change a little bit. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, all right. So let's do one more here and then we'll take an email question. Uh, just let's talk about risk because it's a given, right? I mean, as we age, I think we clearly avoid more risk in every aspect of life, right? We're more careful uh, where we walk, where we step, how we you know, do different things so that we don't you know, hurt ourselves and things of that nature because it takes longer to heal and so on and so forth. And same thing from a money standpoint, it takes maybe, maybe it takes longer, Mike, to heal a financial mistake. 
And as that time horizon narrows, we get a little bit more touchy about risk. Uh, we, we, we do. And you know, a big phrase that floats around our office and with our clients is reasonable rate of return. So what's a reasonable rate of return? Because it's going to be different for everybody else. What it means is a lot of clients come to us and they say, well, on one end, I want to do better than the bank. And on the other hand, I don't want to take all the risk of the market. So somewhere in the middle is where that reasonable rate of return is. And the plan is going to dictate what rate of return we need to generate the income that they want, to leave the legacy that they want, to get a rising income over time. So, you know, it's still plan driven, just like everything we talk about. But why reasonable rate of return is more appropriate than, hey, you know, what'd you do last year? What'd you do the last three years or five years compared to the market, the benchmarks? You know, that's great when you're accumulating the money. When the paychecks stop and you're in retirement or approaching retirement, it's all about what can your money do for you? It doesn't matter if it keeps pace with someone else's portfolio. If you're you know, making more or less, it's are you accomplishing the goals that you want? Because we tell clients, you know, most of our clients have been really good savers. You know, they want to get more conservative, especially as it comes to risk and, and, you know, find out where they're getting income in retirement. And we say, if you've won the game, why are you playing the game? Which means if you've done everything you need to, to get successful, to get to this point of retirement, you can generate all the income that you can have to not outlive it and leave the legacy that you want. Why on God's green earth would you continue to take more <laughs> risk than necessary? Right. And you know, and that kind of smacks them in the face because all they've been told is you need to take risk to get return. And that's not really the case. And I guess there's also a few of those risk junkies out there, right, Mike, that just kind of want to do, uh, they kind of like the adrenaline, I guess, portion of that, you know, doing some things. And that's okay, right? As long as you're just doing that within moderation, within that losable speculative kind of thing where, you know, it's your gambling money. Yeah. And, and they can go do that with someone else. Uh, you know, we only work with individuals that are serious about their retirement and we want to have a meaningful impact them. So, you know, and, and for clients that say, you know, I want to go speculate on some IPOs and I want to go speculate on Bitcoin and those things. And, and you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. What we'll say is, let's say they've got a million dollars that they're bringing in and say, OK, how much are you comfortable losing if it doesn't work out? Mm-hmm. So is that 25,000, 50,000, 100,000, whatever that is, we'll carve that off in a non-managed account. So we don't charge them any fees or anything associated with that on the advisory side. And we'll still give them some advice on there. We're just not going to be held responsible for that advice because those are their selections. And so it's okay that as long as it's not going to impact the outcome in retirement for them, you know, that it's not so much risk that it's going to potentially derail their ability to have a successful retirement right. and generate all the income they need, then what we'll do, then what we'll do is say, yeah, let's carve out some of that dollar and that could be your play money. But you know, we're going to be basically managing your serious money. There you go. I think that sounds like a sound strategy. And I think most people start to move away from that, but there's the occasional person here and there. So uh, good stuff here when you're talking about age and wisdom. And of course, just in general, I think we could all agree that hopefully we're getting wiser as we get on in years and we see a lot of things that, that we did or are doing. And of course, we all you know try to impart these things to our kids and we know it's not going to take most of the time until they get to a certain point themselves. But you know, hopefully we're all trying to do that. And of course, as always, folks, if you got questions or concerns about something or if you haven't taken some action or you something kind of piqued your interest and you thought, you know what, I really need to address this or I hadn't thought about that, as always, check with a qualified professional like Mike before you take any action on something you hear on our show or any others. Uh, He's got two decades plus of experience, as he mentioned earlier, as a financial professional. So call him at 815-526-3092. 
or stop by the website crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, shoot us an email. We might just put it here on the podcast. And that's what we're going to do for Holly in Cary. And she says, hey, Mike, my neighbor retired two years ago and has decided that he needs to go back to work because money's just too tight. I myself retired last month and I think we're fine. But now I'm a little worried the same thing could happen to me. How can I make sure that I won't have to go back to work as that doesn't sound that much fun? Yeah, Holly, that's a good point. And, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show that a lot of people come in, a lot of prospective clients come in and they're working, you know, with the, the biggest and the brightest, you know, out there in the financial world and, you know, big Wall Street firms. And they've got an investment plan, which is just a drunk drawer of all different stuff and they don't know how it works. And that sounds like what your maybe your neighbor had, whether they manage the money themselves or they're working with one of, you know, the name brand companies out there. So, but the problem is what your neighbor didn't have. And Holly, hopefully you have it. And if not, we'd be happy to do one for you is they didn't actually have a comprehensive plan because otherwise they wouldn't have been surprised a year, two years into retirement that all of a sudden the income doesn't work anymore. We know we always talk about income is the outcome. So when we put that retirement success blueprint together for you and Holly kind of follow me on this, and I know we mentioned it earlier in the show, but on your question, this is like apropos as to why you need this process as you're approaching and in retirement is one, if we figure out where your income's coming in from retirement for the next 20, 30 years, you're not going to have to worry about going to work in another year or two or what happens in, in retirement. Second, if we put the allocation plan to generate that income together, that doesn't make you take unnecessary risk in order to accomplish that. Even if the market turns against you, even if we go into a recession, it doesn't impact your income in retirement. So it's just a blip. It's noise at the end of the day. Mm. If we put a tax plan together, you're not concerned about our taxes going up or down because we've accounted for that healthcare plan. Okay. Let's say you, Holly, or your husband needed long-term care or home health care. How would we pay for it? We've already built that into the plan. And then the final part, the estate plan at the end is an efficient distribution to the assets go where you want them to. So Holly, when you have a plan that encompasses all of those things, then everything else is just noise around you because you know where your income's coming from. You know, you're not taking too much risk. You know, you're not paying too much in taxes. And if there's a healthcare event, you know how it's going to be handled and more importantly, how it's going to get funded. So it did sound like your neighbor didn't have that. Holly, it sounds that like you're doing great. I would just want to answer the question is how do you know? You know, yeah. so get a plan to put together so that you know that you're going to be okay going forward. Mike, does that come back to confidence? Just having, you know, having a plan and then having confidence in the plan? Does that, it it, does, it yeah. does. And that and that's why at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, we are plan driven because without a plan, you don't know where you're going to end up, right? You can say, hey, look, this year, my investments went up 20%. Well, great. What are they going to do next year? That's not having a plan. <laughs> right. Having a plan is next month, I'm going to get a, a check and I'm going to get, you know, or not a check, you know, dating ourselves here and, you know, as we're talking, but basically say, you know, I'm going to get $3,000 for my investments every single month, like clockwork. Yeah. Okay, great. So it doesn't matter if the market's going up or down, you know how much income you're getting. That gives you confidence. That gives you clarity. So then, as I said before, everything else is just noise. It's not that it's not important, but now you don't have to sweat it out every day, every month, every quarter, every year based on what's going on in the economy, because the plan will let show you that you're still on track to accomplish everything that you want. Fantastic. Well, Holly, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and sending in a question. And everybody else that listens, we certainly appreciate your time. 
And uh, yeah, it's okay. We can date ourselves a little bit. Checks. I still, you know, I miss checks, but uh, every once in a while I miss them anyway. Sometimes it's pretty easy to not have them, but <laughs> there, there was always something nice about kind of going and opening like, ooh, <laughs> you open up mailbox some, money, mailbox <laughs> money. That's right. Exactly. Well, folks, that's going to do it this week for us here on the retirement success blueprint. Again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Find it all at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. I'm going to sign off for Michael Stewart and myself. We'll catch you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday to you. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.